cry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Dr. Christy Morgan, and I am the Arizona Director for Candle Wishes in Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Jenny Williams. I'm the Founder and Executive Director of the Candle Wishes Foundation. I just really felt this burden come over me for these kids. Children mean a lot. Um, <laughs> you never want a child to grow up feeling like they're not loved. God put this on my heart to want to give these children happy birthdays. This foundation just touched my heart, so I knew that this was something that I needed to do. Okay, y'all, I'm not gonna ugly cry. This is terrible. There was a time in our life where we struggled. Um, there was a time in our life where we lived paycheck to paycheck. One time when we first moved down to Phoenix, a friend of ours, even at Christmas time, paid for my son to have a picture. <laughs> paid to have a picture of our son sitting on Santa's lap and I couldn't afford it because we had just moved across the country. And so, <clears throat> that's always stuck with me. If you would love to sponsor a child, if you would like to throw a birthday party, if you would like to just volunteer, we need your help. Reach out to us so that we can connect and, um, and make our community a better place. Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. Listen, I, I wanna I wanna plug Dr. Mor Christy Morgan's foundation, the Candle Wishes Foundation. Make sure that you after the show go go look her up on Facebook. Um, it's Candle Wishes of Arizona and follow her and help out those kids. They need birthday parties. So um, listen, I, I, uh, I'm on the road, I'm traveling, so I'm doing this from my uh, iPad internet and hopefully uh, everything goes well here. So I am excited to have Mr. Anthony Santangelo on the show today. Anthony, welcome to the show, bro. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you being on here. Um, I, I have a, a – there we go. Um, I have some – I'm trying to trying to do too much here. So, um, so, you know, as you already know, I created this show to help people get unstuck. I think people hit, um, you know, these walls in life and, and they don't know how to get past them and they get stuck or they give up or – or whatever, and and I, I would um, I don't know your story, but I would imagine that um, like like many of my other guests, um, you've had your challenges and 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 you've overcome them. So um, let's start by telling everybody where you were born and raised. Okay. That's where it's, so that that's that's where you went to went to school, elementary, high school, all that.
Wow. There were six people in your graduating class? Dude, what? Holy moly. <clears throat> wow, I guess. So why just it was that small of a, a town? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, so did you end up going to college? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's people on here complaining that we have an audio. I don't know if that's going to help or not. Uh, should I put headphones in, Ken? Or? Can you can you hear me okay? I, I can hear you perfectly fine. I um, see the comments here. Jill is saying we cannot hear him at all, completely cutting out. That's my wife. Um, all right. I hear you. Sure. I hear you perfectly. Let's is, try this. Is this is this any better without the uh, without my headphones in? Much better. It was more. it was my headphones. It was my it was my AirPod. Oh, it was headphones. Okay, so we're good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'll leave my headphones off then. <laughs> well, yeah. Wow. Sorry about that. Um, I'm trying to minimize any echo by using the 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 headphones, but that didn't work. So anyway, um, so you did not go to college. Everybody's saying it's all good now. Um, so you did not go to college, and um, what'd you do then? What'd you do after you got out of this this six person Christian high school class? Well, I went into construction. Oh, okay. and I went. Uh, my childhood friend Jameson Glenn, who I've known uh, since we were five years old, we still talk to this day. We're pretty close, and we're three days apart in age, him and I. Uh, so JMO, which is his nickname, that's how I have him in my phone. We went into construction, and uh, for JMO, it worked out pretty good. Uh, he owns a construction company now. Owns a construction company and a couple real estate investments. Uh, you know, he's married to to Megan, three kids. Everything's great. Uh, you know, well for me, well not so much. You know, my heart was there, but the speed wasn't there, and I pretty much failed when it came to construction. Uh, I didn't know how to roof and concrete and do different things, but just the, the speed wasn't there uh, when it came to that. So that was uh, that was uh, you know the first of many failures. Yeah. So the construction thing didn't work out for you. 
It did not. You know, Jameis' dad, uh, uh, he was our boss at times, and uh, I actually had dinner with him and his wife uh, a couple weeks back. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it definitely built up some work ethic. It definitely did. Being a teenager and working in construction and all that, and you know, get off your duff and as Pat would always say, you know, uh, what are you doing, posing for a holy picture? He would say, you know, it's like, you know, stop leaning on the shovel type of thing. So he instilled the work ethic in us, but it's just uh, my speed wasn't there. I wasn't fast, Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with that. So, I mean, kind of even when I played football, you know, I used to tell their other team, you know, if I catch you, you're going to feel it. I didn't I didn't run fast, but I hit hard. Yeah. You know, same principle, you know, so. Right. Uh, so, but, yeah, I, I – um, Obviously, didn't work with that, and then I was given an opportunity to sell at flea markets. Uh, so I started selling cushions and redwood furniture and fireworks and Christmas trees. Wow! And I was to uh, you know I had four different flea markets that I would go to, get up early in the morning and pack up a big white uh, box of Echo truck and uh, drive to the different places at four different flea markets. And this is my first experience in sales uh, with it, and I, I learned early on that I, I liked it. But it was a lot of on-the-job training. You know, back then there wasn't really, you know, uh, swear meters and things like that. Uh, if you took a check, you had to kind of make your read. Is the, per- is the check real or not? And I got burnt a little bit. You know, my, my reading ability wasn't as strong back then when it came to things. And, you know, little did I know how cash is king. You know, something I would learn a little bit later in, my, in another career. Uh, but obviously cash is king and it comes to the flea markets. So. But the problem with flea markets, Ken, in Pennsylvania is – you can't really do it year-round, uh, mm. you know, so uh, it gets a little bit difficult. No one's coming in January to buy things at the flea market, you know. Right, right. Uh, it's a little chilly. A little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. You know? So it wasn't a, a full season. It, was, it wasn't a full-time position year-round uh, when it came to that on yeah. it. So, um which kind of flows into, uh, you know, what I ended up doing uh most of my career, which is, <laughs> I was, uh, which is what? Uh, well, I was in the car business, and I still right. am in the car business. Uh, you know, but I, uh, I sold cars, and uh, it was an interesting story. The way this uh, this came about was, I was I had a very rare day that I wasn't working in flea markets. So I was doing seven days a week back then. Even if I wasn't at the market, I was stocking up the truck and everything. Right. On it. So Jameson's parents, uh, Pat and Joe Glennon, they had invited me to the beach one day. They had a, a little trailer home in Delaware. I said, come on down. I said, Jameson's working, but come down. You know, Elizabeth and Rebecca are here, which is Jameson's sisters, who, who I'm very proud of. Uh, Elizabeth is a uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania police, uh, police officer, and Rebecca owns a clothing uh, business as well. She just had her first child recently as well. On it, so I'm walking to the beach with Pat, and it was August of 1997. I was 20 years old, uh, Ken, and I said to him, "I said, Pat, what do you think I should do? I got maybe three more weeks or so. I probably can get some fireworks sales in. But once Labor Day hits, just like we just hit here, uh, you know, it's I'm not going to really have a whole lot to do flea market wise until Christmas trees Thanksgiving weekend, right? And he said to Ken, he says, "Why don't you sell cars?" And I started laughing at him. Uh, yeah. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, those guys are scumbags, I said to him. And we were oh, walking geez. side by side on the beach. <laughs> that was the exact word I used, you know. But, uh, you know, and we were walking side by side on the beach, and Pat stopped. And he turned to me, and he grabbed my arm. And he twisted my body to his. And he looks at me and goes, if those guys are like that, how much better would you be? Now, 
anytime Pat says something very inspiring and wise, it's very similar to Tom Selleck, for those that are Tom Selleck fans from Magna P.I. and Blue Bloods and the Jesse Stone movies. He has this look, this that yeah. he does, this little smile. So here I am, I'm 20 years old, I'm looking at this guy that I know since I was five years old, you know, Uncle Pat, Nate Jones, you know, they're not blood-related to me, that's what I would lovingly call them as a kid, and I'm looking at this guy, and he's going like this to me, <laughs> and uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we had dinner, and I, I looked at him, I said, well, you've never led me astray ever, I'm going to take you up on, on your offer here, and I'm going to go and apply for car dealerships, but... Back then, there wasn't Indeed and ZipRecruiter and Craigslist and Facebook and Glassdoor and all these different recruiting things that we use now. It was circling ads in the Philadelphia Inquirer and then calling the phone number. And Ken, you remember this? You have, you have just a couple years on me, and I'm sure you remember this. You know, and that's what I would do. So I started yeah. interviewing at car dealerships. Well, the main thing that a lot of dealerships look for back then and this was in 1997, and they still do now, is they look for a special E-word, and that's experience. Yeah. And what did I hear back then, Ken? What I heard was, sorry, kid, no experience, no job. What do you want to do this for? This is an older man's job. Why don't you go to college? Don't call us. We'll call you. Right. So I can't remember how many dealerships I interviewed for, but I know it was at least 12, and it was no more than 15. So somewhere between 12 to 15 dealerships interviewed for. And 11 to 14 times, this is what I heard. I heard rejection after rejection after rejection that I heard. Well, then I ended up interviewing a Volvo dealership. And I'm sitting there with the guy, and I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> if he offers me an opportunity, I think I'm going to turn it down. I don't like the guy. I thought the guy was just like, you know, just, you know it wasn't, wasn't for me. We'll put it that way. Right. But sure enough, at the end of the interview, he says, we'll let you know. And I was like, oh, good. I don't have to tell this guy that I think he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, so, right. You know, so I'm walking to the car that I'm borrowing at the time, an 87 Plymouth Reliant that'll date some people back there. Yeah. Uh, and I walk into the car. Now this is the, you know, uh, 11th, 12th, 13th, or 14th time that I interviewed at the dealership and was rejected. And I'm thinking in my mind, maybe it's time to give up. You know, all these times, nobody wants me. Right. And I thought, you know what? I cleaned carpets when I was in high school. I know a little bit about that. Maybe I'll apply to Surf Pro. So I don't know if you have Surf Pro in Ohio or yeah. not, but Surf Pro is a cleaning company yeah. that they have here in Pennsylvania. Uh, and I was thinking this, and I don't know what it was, Ken. I have no idea, but something just told me, why don't you walk across the street to the dealership that you're across the street? So I ended up walking across the street. No interview, no nothing scheduled. I open the door, and the first thing I see is a little two-year-old run right across me. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? Well, that little, <laughs> that little uh, young man there, his name is Colin Biagi. And I see his father, Terry Biagi, the Biagi, uh, chasing him. <laughs> you know. And then he sees me, and he greets me. And I said, well, uh, I didn't know if you guys happened to be hiring. And it was kind of meek and... And he goes, well, we actually are. And I was like, no, really? <laughs> kidding, you know? So now Terry was there with his young son because he was picking up his paycheck because there was no direct deposit back then, millennials. Thank God there was no direct deposit back then. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been there. Right. So Terry had sat his young son with Brian Anderson, the other sales manager there, and Terry interviewed me. 
Now, I had no idea Terry was off. I was a 20-year-old kid. I didn't put two and two together. I had no idea he was off. But he sat and interviewed me on his day off with no appointment, took the time away from his family to sit down with me. And he says to me, Ken, he says, uh, you know, I like you, after the interview. I want you to come back at 3 o'clock and meet with Joe Bush Jr. Okay. So I drive back to Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, where I was living at the time. Yes, that Valley Forge with George Washington, Cherry Cherry, all that stuff and everything. Yeah. You know, and I, and I come back at 3 o'clock. I ask for Joey. Joey's not available. Well, I meet with Jeff Marcus. Jeff Marcus was the new car manager. So I met with Jeff. And Jeff tells me at the end of the uh, interview, he goes, we'll call you at 9 o'clock tonight. And I was like, okay. Well, I didn't know dealerships closed at 9 o'clock at night. I had no idea. So I drive home. And now at this point, you know, I don't know, it's 4, 4.30, whatever it is or whatever. And I'm like waiting by the phone. And it's 8 o'clock. Now it's 8.30. Now it's 8.45. And I'm like, please call. Please call. Please call. And I'm like, you know what? It's 5 and 9. I got to call. So I dialed that number back then, 610-647-5454, which is the number that was sort of that store back then. And I asked for Terry, and they said Terry was off. And I was like, oh, Terry's off. He was there this morning. I didn't know he was off. So then I asked for Jeff. And now I'm on hold. Now I have no idea how long I'm on hold, Ken. I don't know if I'm on hold five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. But all I'm thinking in their line is, Jeff, please pick up. Please pick up. Please respond to the PA system. Please pick up. Please pick up. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And Jeff gets on the phone, and he goes, you start Monday. And I was like, I got the car business. Oh and God. that store uh, was Devin Nissan, and that was owned by the Bush family at the time. And they gave me my chance, and my anniversary is coming up. September 8th will be 21 years for me uh, in the automotive industry. So that was September 8th, 1997 is when I started. Wow. Uh, so that was – Monday, so 7 to 6 of September. Actually, 21 years ago today was the interview. Wow. <laughs> but it's so, uh, because uh, I started on the, it was a Friday when I interviewed, and I started on Monday the 8th. So 21 years ago today, September 5th, or no, I'm sorry, today's the 4th, excuse me. 21 years ago tomorrow. Oh, okay. uh, wow. it, it was. It was September 4th, so September 5th it was. With it. So when I spent the next 19 years all working for Nissan, my last nine years working for Nissan and Subaru, and I sold 3,486 cars in my career uh, with that. So wow. that's how I kind of got into the car industry. But I was rejected 11 to 14 times. I was told no. Now, now uh, wait, you sold how many? 3,000 what? 3,486 cars. And how many years? And I years? actually have the stats that are right to my left here at my desk. I can prove it. What's how, that? How many years was that? 19. 19. 19 years. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's incredible. That's incredible. I wish I, had my be, I wish I had my Steelers cup here. I keep seeing that Raiders <laughs> cup. <laughs> I know. I, I decided to get the Raiders cup out because since Bill had the Steelers tattoo and you had your hat yesterday. <laughs> I'm a Raiders fan. I'm an Eagles fan. I'll, the, teams, I, I'll so. grab the hat. So, so, <laughs> so, um, so you sold over 3,400 cars, and yes. and um, somebody just said all this car talk. What's the average commission on a car sale? That's a good question, actually. Oh. The average, you know, you can make, uh, I've heard people make as little as $50, and the highest that I'm aware of on one commission, which is very rare and not normal, okay, for those who aren't in the car industry, $2,938. Wow. On a commission. That's 
normal. The average commission, uh, in my opinion, should be about 250 to 275, depending on the, the store, depending on the product. Uh, some other, you know, could be more than that. Some could be less than that. But I, I would think about two fifty, yeah. two seventy-five. You know, if, if I, I'd have to add up all my things, I have all my statistics. I'd have to add it up. But uh, I, I know later in my career, I was averaging three something commission per car. Uh, so probably somewhere in the twos, maybe low twos for some stores, and only pay yeah. flat flats out type of thing on it. So, so um, <laughs> he just said, "Where's my calculator?" Um, he's trying to figure out how much money he makes. That's awesome. So, so, um, so you, I I mean, you did well, obviously, then in the car business, because I I know there's a lot of people who go into the car business that don't do that at all. So, um, and and that's with any sales position. But let me ask you this. I mean, and, and, you know, I've been in sales for 30 plus years and, and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, um, I've sold a lot of different things, never sold car. What well, I keep saying that I worked at a Jeep dealership in Atlanta, Georgia for two weeks, <laughs> not even, I don't think. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't hang. It wasn't for me, but, but like, I, I remember you saying that on the past episode. Yeah, yeah I did. So I sold one. But I think it was, I, I don't remember, I think you had to turn it over, you, you demoed it, and then you had to turn it over to a manager, and I just didn't like that, because then, like, you know, my fate is in somebody else's hands, I didn't like that, but, but um, so, so, you know, with, when you got into this, though, um, did you see any of the, the stereotypical things that people talk about with car salespeople? I did, uh, you know, and, and before I get into that, I, I just want to give a shout out to all my mentors because I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for my mentorship for, uh, you know, for Joe Bush, Kevin Lambert, uh, Lee Timberman, Terry Biaggi, uh, Jeff Marcus, Brian Anderson, who took me under his wing. I actually had a chance to see Brian last month, uh, which was awesome. I hadn't seen him in years, and we did a little video on Facebook, but uh, he was a rookie manager and I was a rookie salesperson. And uh, he put it perfectly on, on video. He said I was absolute torture, but he rode me every day to make me better. And I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for Brian. So, Brian, thank you, buddy. Wow. Uh, with that, And the late George DeVoyce, who I miss so much. I miss George so much. He passed away over five years ago. He always had a way of talking me off that ledge uh, with that. But that was my management staff, uh, you yeah. know, growing up as, as a 20-year-old kid. Uh, and, and I kind of matured and grew up in this business. Not that I grew up with family in the business. I did not. But I g- grew up as a man in this business, being a 20-year-old kid and being very sensitive uh, and, and having to really learn to have develop thick skin. So to answer your question now, yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff in the car industry over the years, um, uh, especially early on. Uh, but I had a choice uh, when I started selling cars in 1997 because it was right at the end of the scumbag era so to speak yeah i had a choice i could do things the wrong way or i could do things the right way and i remember somebody told me one time if you don't lie to people you won't sell cars and you know the 20 year old kid i was i said you you know blankety blank watch you know that i can can do that and obviously i stayed in the business not because i was dishonest because all i have to offer you is honesty efficiency as i have no good looks as i told my customers over the phone over the years uh many times you know uh, with it, so uh, but yeah, I saw a lot of stuff that wasn't right, unfortunately. But uh, 
little by little that's being removed because we're changing the perception of the car salesperson one step at a time, one customer at a time. And for myself now, what I do, one perspective, new hire at a time, trained the right way. Right. And the more quality people, people that I have to say, I get the dealerships throughout the country. Now we can remove those knuckleheads doing things the wrong way and the perception things are changing now. Well, and I, it's, it's just, like, um, I'm sure you've seen and, and know about or know, um, Ali Rita. Who, yes. Who is just, I mean, that guy is. I don't hold a candle to him. He's the man. He's I mean, the man. Dude. He's the man. All those guys are really awesome. Uh, what he, he uh, almost what fifteen hundred and eighty four cars or something in one year last year, like mm. that's insane. Yes. I can't I can't even imagine that. But you know, so so with with the um, so you saw some of the craziness and 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 I'm sure that um, and I I know you well enough to know that you're a highly ethical dude. And, and, you know, there's, <laughs> I've, I've dealt with, some, you know, what's interesting, and I said this to you before you, or you've heard me say it before, is I cannot re- recall one single car salesperson's name that I bought a car from. And I bought a lot of cars. I mean, a lot of cars in my day. And, and I can't remember one of their names, not one. And and so it what amazes me about that is I wonder how many other people are like that. And I know that you and and Lisa Copeland and Frank Lopes and a lot of these amazing friends of mine, people that I know, are really putting forth an effort to change the business as a whole. Right? Yes. What are some of the things that that um, that you see going on, or that you have seen? Um, that, that you're trying to change? Well, I think the big key is, to go back to what you said there, I mean, obviously you uh, bought many cars in your life, uh, Ken, yeah. and never never two from the same person, never remember the, the salesperson's name, because the salespeople were short-sighted. They don't see the forest through the trees, and they're not willing to sit there and earn a customer for life. And this is what I teach in my training classes for auto mass recruiting and training. You know, to be able to get there and to start teaching people how to earn customers for life, do proper follow-up, forward their calls to their cell phone. If it's Sunday and you're closed or you're not there and it's your day off, pick the phone up if somebody's calling you. Be able to take care of people the right way. And I remember, and it's something that I say on the interview process when I interview people now for Automax, is you know, there's nothing more rewarding than when a customer says to you, this is the best car buying experience I've ever had. And you can hear that as early as next week. You don't have to be 20-something years in the business or to be an Ali Rita or uh, Frank Cornetti or Joe Girard. You can be a regular just, you know, Anthony or Ken and hear that that week because you're doing things the right way. And then when they come back to you six months, 12 months, 18 months later, and they scratch their head and they say, hmm, I've never bought two cars from the same person before. Boom. And that's something that... I really took a lot of pride on in my career, and I still do, because I still occasionally sell cars here and there at my last store uh, with that when I'm not traveling, when I have repeat customers. I've had customers at all three stores I've worked at in my career that have followed me, and wow. they won't set foot in a dealership unless they talk to me or I'm there. But at the very least, it has to have a conversation with me first. That's what, I'm uh, talking, to, that's what I'm talking about right there. That is what is needed. People don't understand, yes. like this hotel I'm staying in, um, I, the, the girl at the front desk last night was just, she was phenomenal. Just so nice, so helpful, ever, like very, very helpful. 
And and like that's it's it's surprising that that's that's so surprising, <laughs> right? Like we're not used to that as a society to get this unbelievable white glove service from from whether it's a car salesperson or anyone else. And I think that's what must knowing you the way I do, I, I think that's got to separate you from from most people in the business. Well, you have to do that. And if they went to the hotel, I'm I'm in a hotel over 200 nights a year. Yeah. Uh, at this point in my career, you know, so it's important. It's it's a customer service business. It's not about product knowledge. It's not about price. Yes, they're important, but the big key is building a relationship. And the old school cliche: you only buy something from someone they like and trust. But it goes deeper than that. You have to earn that relationship and earn that business. Yep. It was the same thing with social media. You develop a very strong following because people see that you're a real person. You've overcome the demons in your life, Ken, and got to where you are today, being a loving uh, husband, a loving father to your daughter, you know, and doing the things you do, positive affecting the lives of others because you've been consistent now. And that's what you have to show people to be real. Yep. You don't have to be the most knowledgeable. These hands have never changed oil in their life and never worked on a car. But I sold them as 3,500 of them. And if you count the ones I did after I was in the trench full time, I'm over 3,500, you know. But it's, you know, it's one of those things that you have to just keep showing people that you're just real. Yep. And when you do that, you're blessed in the long haul by being authentic and transparent. I, I, I totally agree with you. And then, you know, going, go, by the way, move over just a little bit to your right. You're kind of going off screen when I go to split screen. There you go. Um, but, you know, that's perfect. The, so the, the, um, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's going outside of company policy. You know, people, it's, it's, I I need a meeting room in this hotel today. I'm at, and, and the girl last night, she's like, oh, just tell them they'll let you use one. There's nobody using these meeting rooms today. And I said, perfect. I just need it for an hour or two, you know, just to, to, you know, talk to somebody. And, and, and I went to the front desk and the dude's like, oh no, we can't do that. And I go, what? What? There's zero people. You, I just need a table to sit at for an hour or two. That's a, oh, that's five hundred dollars. I'm like, oh my god. So like you know, but that's what I mean is is he could have done it, and you and I that's, both know that, right? And but but like, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, no, I'm sticking to my guns because I have to be right. And there's no like salespeople in the auto business. I've always said that if I sold cars, I think I would be one of the most successful salesmen in in the entire industry just because I know how to connect with people. I go beyond, and and, and it sounds like that's what you do. Well, that's the whole key, and I think you know Jeffrey Gittenberg talked about this too. Your, your your buddy, my buddy there, you know, and I think he would have been great in the car business too all yeah. these years. Yeah. Uh, but you have to do. You have to show people you care, but you have to put forth the time. And, and, I, and I teach this in my classes with Automax. You know, there's days you're going to want to kick the trash can, say a word you can't say on Facebook Live, and shed some tears, and yep. you'll do all of them. Yeah. Uh, with that, or take all the stuff on your desk and just throw it across the showroom floor. Right. I've done it. I'm not proud of it, but I've definitely done it and kicked the trash can and dropped an F-bomb. You know, I mean, it, it happens, you know, but you have to understand that you have to be in it for the long haul and that time commitment. It first starts with the mental commitment of believing in yourself. 
You had to believe in yourself. And even when people say to you, what do you want to do that? Car sales, a commission job? That's a man's job. All that silly nonsense. You have to overcome that and believe in yourself. Say, yes, I can do it. I don't care what happened in the past because you can't change the past. Only do what is right in the present to make a better future, which is a quote that I wrote in 2001 when I was going through a hardship in my life, you know, type of thing. And when you do that and then you invest in yourself and you keep putting forth the time and you don't give up on the process, kind of the way you said you were two weeks in the industry, well, maybe it would have worked out for you, but maybe you didn't have people to coach you along with the proper employee retention to get you to stay there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's a type of thing. And that's a, you know, that's what we do now as a, tra as a trainer for RMAX, teaching existing salespeople, BDC salespeople, and, of course, new hires. I want to give them an opportunity uh, with that. And a lot of times there's, there's rejection. Uh, there's a young lady I trained in July at a dealership uh, that lives in Pennsylvania, and they passed on her. So I had to tell her after the uh, training process, you know, listen, they decided not to select you, but I have a backup plan. So I sent her to a dealership I'm very familiar with. They chose to pass on her. Wow. So then I reached out to a third dealership. I said, I'm getting this girl in the car business, damn it. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> and I reached out. So I reached out to, some, to somebody that I've been developing more of a friendship with, but we're not super, super tight, but we're developing a friendship. And I said, will you at least give this young lady an opportunity? Sure, Anthony, I absolutely interview her. So he calls me back after the interview. We're going to hire her. I said, thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate it. Well, her first full month in the car industry was August. I get a text Friday night about 10 o'clock. Anthony, this is Cassandra. I don't know if you remember me. Of course, I remember her. You know, I want you to know that I actually was tied for first in the store in my first full month in the car industry and sold 20 cars. Boom. Boom. Dude, that, you know, I love that, you know, man. And, Ken, she's a mom of four. Wow. Mom, mom of four. She can work the hours, no issues, no calling out. She's working the hours, put forth the time. She's teachable, but she's still being a mom. So I got up Saturday morning, texted her, you're at work, right? Yes. I'm coming up there. We're getting on camera, girl. And we did a video review. You know, I got, I got in my suit, yeah. went up there, and, uh, and, and, did, and did a video review because it's so exciting yeah. to have people give that opportunity. There's nothing, there's nothing more rewarding than that, Ken, yeah. you know, to have that opportunity. And I said, look, you were rejected twice, and she was down. I mean, she was. She was, Anthony, this other place is going to – I said, listen, just trust me. I said, how many times was I rejected? And she goes, well, I know it was double digits. She said 11 to 14 times I said there were. I said, you've only been rejected twice, girl. How do you think I felt all those right. years? Back? I said, why? You know? Yeah. You know, and, and the moral of the story is that she couldn't give up, but she also needed someone to coach her, which is where I came in. Right. So I was the new George the Voice. I had to be George the Voice now who's passed away. I had to talk her off that ledge. And the other moral of the story is dealers were doing campaigns why don't you hire everybody in class? Give everyone an opportunity because everyone deserves that. Yeah. Do you think there's other dealers particularly that they wish they had a mulligan on me? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. You know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's you never know who that next person is going to sell 3,500 cars or that next Ollie Reed is going to sell 1,600 cars and break his record. Right. You, you never know who that person is going to be. You don't. Uh, with I, don't I don't hold hands for that man, you know, so it's just – uh, with itself, but it's just, it's really exciting to give people the opportunities, but you have to believe in yourself and you can't focus on those hardships. Uh, you know, I, you know, I don't have a, um, you know, I've never been to jail before. 
Um, I've never had an alcohol or drug issue before. Uh, I've never smoked a cigarette before. So I don't have a lot of that background that some of your other guests have had. But I went through a difficult childhood. Uh, my mom died of cancer or, uh, when she was 40 years old. Wow. Uh, you know, with that, I mean, going through that, this is the, the month before my senior year in high school, I was 17, having two younger sisters, uh, you know, that, that um, had been strongly affected by that, especially the one, uh, and still was affected by that over the years. You know, going through broken engagement and divorces and failures, ownership changes, having pay plans cut, all, all different stuff, you know. It, but you know what? Here's the thing. Whatever we've been through today, and whoever's watching today, we're still here, aren't we? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. It doesn't matter what happened in the past and all that silly nonsense at all. Are you focusing today and doing the best you possibly can to be successful for yourself and to positively affect the lives of others? Whether if it's your direct family or people that you're training or just being a good employee or if you're an owner, are you doing that? And do you have the, those things and that mindset in place? Right. Uh, with that. And that's that's what's exci exciting, uh, you know, with that. Because we all have our stumbles and failures, and I still fail. Um, well, my big thing I'm working on now is be more patient is, is my thing I'm working on right now in my life, you know. So. When, when, you, when you were selling, um, when you were in, you know, selling cars full time as your career, what are some of the challenges you had that, that um, you know, because we all, you know, I, 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 I Actually, Facebook memories popped up from a year ago today, and and I, I put a quote out a year ago that said, "Don't compare your movie to someone else's highlight reel." And and mm -hmm. you know, some sometimes I think that we see you know Grant Cardone taking delivery of his fifty million dollar jet, and 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 you know all these the Ollie Rita like that dude, you know he's killing it, right? And, and it's like it's like like uh, if you're a guy or a gal in the car business or in any business, it doesn't have to be the car business. It could be any business where you're looking at the top salespeople that are making you know two or three, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and and you're sitting there struggling to to keep your electric on, and and you're wondering if maybe you should just move on to something else. I mean. What what is it that you think is holding most people back from really really being successful? Some of the same things you may have experienced. Well, I think it all comes into one thing, and it's right here: your mindset. Yeah. The per the, per the the only person stopping you from achieving success and achieving greatness is the person you look at in the morning and you brush your teeth. And I hope you all brush your teeth this morning. Yeah. You know, and that that's what it really comes down to. You have to be able to overcome that because we start living in past results. When we get upset, when we're sad, when we're depressed, when we just want to just take everything and throw it across the desk and start screaming going nuts, it's because we're living in past results. And we have to stop doing that. Who cares what happened before, okay? I mean, look at Bill yesterday. Bill's had a very difficult past. He talked yeah. about he served time. Yeah. But now he's being very successful. Bill lives an hour and 15 minutes north of me. You know, so it's... You know, you can overcome things. You can overcome bad relationships, mistakes you made, difficult things. Uh, you know, one of my former colleagues that I'm super, super proud of served time for DUIs. He had, he had multiple DUIs, and he's doing great. selling 30-something cars a month, and I'm super, super proud of him. You know, type of thing. And, and he still doesn't have a driver's license either. And he's still doing all this with no driver's license, legal, 
Wow. Doing everything. You know, so, you know, so I mean, it's just, it, it was that store has looked past that because they see he's changed. He's made a change in his life. So that's the big key. We keep living in the past thinking that we can't and we won't because, and I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can and will if you have the right mindset. And of course, going all in, which is my hashtag, as you know, you know, and that's what it really comes down to. So th that's really the struggle. Uh, with that, and then you have people that love you the most sometimes block you from opportunities and advancement, you know, and they start to talk you out of these things, not because they don't love you, but they think, oh, you know, it's not for you. Well, who says? You have yeah. to overcome that. So sometimes as a spouse, guy or girl, significant other, parents, whoever those people are, if somebody wants to go for something, support them in it. Yeah, it's really important to, to do that. So I think that's really where, where the issues come in, and then they don't put forth the time on it. And that's why you see a lot of employee turnover in all businesses yep. this day and age, not just the car industry. I, I totally agree, man. I, I, I it, it is one thousand percent mindset, and and I'll tell you the greatest thing um, that I've 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 learned. You know, I've I've studied I. I've studied all the greats. Je well, Jeffrey Gittimer, who I'm I'm good friends with now, um, Zig Ziglar and and Tom Hopkins and Tony Robbins, and then five years ago I find out about Grant Cardone and right. I start studying his stuff. And I'll tell you the the biggest thing that I've taken away that's really had an amazing an amazing impact on my life is. You know, there's so many times that there are people in our lives that have maybe even been in our lives forever, and 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 we keep trying to to, you know, be a chess piece in their game, you know, maneuvering ourselves to try to make them happy, right? Try to try to try to impress that person. Well, you know, there comes a time where you you got to realize that there are people in your life that don't deserve to be in your life and they got to go and you cut those people out. And, mm -hmm. and the biggest thing that I've, I've learned, that's the biggest thing I've learned from Grant is, is to remove all negativity, get rid of the people that are bringing you down, which goes right in play with what you were just saying. There are people out there that do not want you to succeed. Do you agree with that? I do. And that, that reminds me, and I'll tell you a story about Grant in a second, but uh, that reminds me of a quote that I learned when I was 19 years old from a guy named Russ Williams, and he still says it to this day. Just because others are confused doesn't mean you have to be. Right. Uh, so the whole point is that you have to kind of move on from that. Uh, you know, uh, I think everyone's familiar with the American Pie movies and with Stifler. Uh, I I'm a fan of Stifler because yeah. Stifler's philosophy is he just wants to sit there and he's like, you know what, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to worry about that stuff. Now, he doesn't always make the right Decision stiffler in those movies, right. but the whole purpose of it is you have to have the courage to do that, and that's important. And Grant's about that as well. Yeah. Uh, I discovered Grant Cardone back in 1999 as a third-year salesperson. Uh, the store I was working for, my original owner, brought him in as a trainer because Grant was doing what I do now as an automotive sales trainer. So here's wow. this guy coming in. I didn't know who he was, and I, I remember his classes back then were. Don't worry about the payments. Just try for a while. And that Louisiana accent that he had. Just try for a while. You know, that's what he said all the time. And that was the big thing, you know. But if you look back, and I didn't know his story back then, but if you look at his story, obviously he had a drug addiction issue. He sold cars for five years at a Toyota store in Louisiana. Ended up having to overcome a lot. But he had to remove himself from those those drug dealers. Yep. 
from the people there, and he had to choose to do that. And then he went through the ups and downs as a trainer. You know, when he talks about, when Grant talks about the free breakfast at hotels and yeah. you have to do this and all that, that's because he did it as a trainer. He looked for the free breakfast. He looked for the way to cutting costs. He's the one on Thanksgiving Day was working in Canada because all the stores were closed in the United States to try to make money. And now you see where he's at today. And we all can do that. Uh, with it, we have to move away from that negativity. You can't do that. You have to have the right mindset, uh, you know, with that. So, dude, that's that's what that's going that's going all in. It's going yes. all in. I've worked so many holidays that I mean, most holidays, if not every holiday, for the last at least five or I don't know. I mean, I've at least sat down at the computer and done a little bit of work for. For some amount of time, my wife's on here. Ask her. <laughs> I mean, I just you know because I have goals in life that I want to achieve, and 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 I know they're not going. They're not just going to magically show up, right? It's true. You have to keep working at it, and I think people think it's a magical thing. Uh, later in my career, I had, sometimes I had a dartboard on my back. And people, oh, you get this and you get that. It's not fair. But they didn't see me go through the trench early on in my career when I was working my day off, right. when I was getting home 10 o'clock at night and back and through the next morning. You know, when I was working Sundays, even though we're closed in Pennsylvania on Sundays, I still was working on that. You know, you put forth that time uh, as a, it's your own business and you create in that. Well, then I'm not going to have time to do this or do that. Okay, well, you're going to keep working to your 75 years old. You know, if you put forth the time now, and yes, it might be a little bit of, a, of an imbalance with that work-life balance, but you put forth the time, you will be successful. And money isn't everything, but it makes decisions a lot easier, Yeah. as, as Grant would say, as you keep going with that. And it's important that way. And you should feel good about positive affecting lives. That's why I moved as a, as a trainer uh, for, for Automax. I, I, didn't, I didn't do an increase. Like some people, they'll do an increase. I didn't go increase in income. I will eventually, but I went decrease. Because yeah. I wanted to start positively affecting lives of others. It was time for me. I had my 3,000 hits and my 500 home runs. Now it was time to move into coaching and to give back uh, the way that my mentors did for me uh, You know, with that. And I think it's important to be able to put the needs of others first over yours. And then you end up getting blessed in the long haul. You, you really do, Ken. And you know this. You know, so, so it's... Let me ask you this because, you know, I've had, I told a story a couple of times. I mean, I've had some big hits, like, like, and I don't mean in a good way. And, and, you know, like, my, my wife and I have, have really worked our, our, our butts off for, for our business. And, and, you know, like I had a, a vehicle repossessed in front of all my employees one day. <laughs> Dude, that was like, that was like the, the moment of like, what in the heck is going on here? You know, and it all boils down to, to selling all of it, 100%. Um, but, you know, so, so I, I, um, you know, what are some of the things that, that were challenges to you? What's, what's just, What's the big thing that pops in your head? Like this was a challenge. I just didn't think I was going to be able to overcome it. It was the moment where I was like, "I'm going to quit." I'm just. I'm. Uh, have you? I, I mean, you've had to have moments like that. In every part of my career, I posted about something like this on on Facebook the other day. I came across my high school yearbook, and there was a picture of me working at Little Caesars storm a pizza in the air. I saw that, and I put. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's funny. I actually got a lot of comments on that. I didn't think I'd get so many comments on it. 
uh, what it is. But the point was, everything I've done in my life, I have lacked confidence. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're right. Facebook Nation sees this guy that isn't afraid to get on camera. It's not, he's not afraid of messing up. If he messes up on camera, he goes, <laughs> doesn't matter. You know, but I get, I've been scared of failing. Yeah. I have been absolutely afraid to commit and go all the way in my past. I have. And I'm going through those struggles. I went through it with construction, with school, uh, with girls, you know, um, in the car industry, starting out my fifth month in the business, not my first month, my fifth month in the business, I sold two and a half cars on 41 ups. And for those who know what an up is, an up is a face-to-face -face customer that you meet. Well, the average closing percentage uh, should have been done about 10 or 12 cars back then. I did two and a half cars. So I was rejected 39 times. Jeez. I should have fired. Terry and Brian should have fired my ass, but they didn't. And my colleagues took me out. They said, come on, Santangelo, we'll buy you a beer. I'm like, guys, I'm not even 21 yet. I'm a month before I'm 21 years old. You know, I don't drink, and I still don't drink, by the way. Right. He said, well, we'll buy you a Coke and cheeseburger. We know you like those things. Well, some things never change, unfortunately. Uh, but they took, they took me out, and they said, listen, Brian and Terry like you. The Bush family likes you. You're not going anywhere. And the next month, I was a top salesperson. Don't give up on the process. And that's the big thing, though, that lack of confidence where it's hard. Even my first two training campaigns at Automax Recruiting and Training, in my opinion, and I think, you know, Craig Lockhart, the owner of Automax, would agree as well, I flopped. I failed. Yeah. And, you know, I had to make some adjustments there. One, I was teaching out of a book, and I was like, what in the hell am I doing here? I know this stuff. I don't need some book. I'm going to teach from my real-life experience. And I, was, I wasn't I was confident. I was scared. I was afraid of failing. I started drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, I'm not the oldest trainer in the world. Uh, you know, I'm not 60 years old. I haven't done this forever. Are you sure you want to do this? And I started to question myself. But you know what? I rose above it. I took the challenge, took the bull by the horns, and I haven't turned back. And that was also thanks to a little help from some senior trainers uh, where I went on a campaign with Bill Val, who's now retired, and two senior trainers that mean the world to me, John Tracy and Bobby Stevens, I look up to so much that helped me. Uh, you know, with it. So, I mean, it's just, you can get with that mentorship, but that's the real big thing is confidence I have lacked in my life and fear. Fear and a lack of confidence, and that's what has stopped me before in the past, where you have to choose to move past that and move past those demons. And that's where it comes down to, I think, is my biggest struggle. And and I, I would say that um, that's probably 99.999% of all people's biggest struggle, even mm -hmm. if they won't admit it, <laughs> right? Like So, so uh, what do you... What are some of the things that you do to um, to improve your self confidence? What are what are some of the things? I mean, do you just like meander through life and hope that someday confidence comes? I click my heels three times. There's no place like home. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, a lot of it is you have to surround yourself with those people, yeah, and you have to be willing to stretch yourself out out of your comfort zone to do that. Right. Uh, the big thing that I have learned this year in 2018 is it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. And a big shout out to Sarah Moneris. Sarah Moneris, thank you so much. I don't know if you know who Sarah is. I Ken, love Sarah. She's a counselor in, in uh, Colorado. Yep. Uh, Sarah means the world to me. And she has taught me, and she doesn't mentor men. She only mentors ladies, but I watch all her stuff yeah. uh, with that. And she has helped me to be vulnerable and to be, that's why I don't have a problem admitting when I'm wrong. 
You know, yes, I'm not the most patient person. Yes, I can yell too much. Yes, you know, I have confidence issues. Yes, I can have that tough Philly Italian image where I won't be tough. But you know what? Here I am. I'm a sinner. I'm a regular person. I make mistakes, but I'm still here. I'm positive affecting lives. And I think that's the real big thing that you have to be able to do that. And that's how I help myself with that. And then you have to have your inner circle, Ken. You have to have the Dave and Nicole Ginsburgs of the world, which is my best friend and his wife, that are my rocks. Yeah. I don't know what I do without. You know, Jameson Glennon that holds me accountable because he knows me better than probably almost anybody on this earth. Was known each other since we were five years old, and he keeps me in line all the time. Yeah. And then Beth Connor, old Jay, who's like a big sister to me, I've known since I was five and she was eight. That she protects me and encourages me. So you have to have like those people in your life that you can go to, so you can have the uplifting. And that's where, and that's where it's really been rewarding for me. It's not just inside the walls of the dealership of what I've been doing. It's outside when I'm in my hotel and the Facebook messenger goes ding, ding, ding. And people were messaging me and I'm exchanging messages and people that never even met me before. They're buying my book. They're talking to me. I'm talking to them off the ledge. Aunt, what's going on? How do I do this? How do I do that? I start teaching in sales hustlers, you know, and they give people back and it's like, wow, it actually worked and I'm selling cars now. They're making money for themselves and their families and paying their bills. Yeah. And that's why I want people to gotta pay their bills and not have to worry about being passed through. Uh, you know, type of thing. But you have to be able to have that inner circle. And a lot of people don't because of fear, because of pride. Uh, maybe just an upbringing that you don't have that inner circle. Well, guess what? I'm here to serve. I'm here to help anybody. You know. You just so. um, you just answered my my final question. I, my final question is, you know, if somebody comes to you, they're getting ready to have their their lights turned off. They their car was already repoed. They're they're going through hell. They can't figure out how to make it all come together. And, I mean, what do you say to that guy or gal? Like, hey, you know, what what do you say? To get them at, over that hump. I think the first thing you have to say, and the first thing I would say to them is, listen, I'm sorry you're going through what you're going through, but as of right now, this second on September 4th, 2018, at approximately 11.55 p.m. or a.m., it's over. It's in the past. How are you going to overcome it now? What are you going to do right now to make it better? Yep. So let's get you into a position where you can control your own income and get yourself out of this and start digging yourself out of the holes. So if you're a 515 credit score, let's find a way to do that. And don't look at this huge mountain. Just choose to do what's right right now and stop living backwards. The past is the past. You know, a lot of this is with uh, with salvation. Uh, you know, with with Christ and then do things as well. You know, all things are forgiven. You know, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us your sins and, and for, you know, in all unrighteousness. First John one nine. You know, to be able to do that and to move past that. If you keep living in backwards, if I kept living in backwards and beat myself up on uh, my divorce, my broken engagement, broken relationships, um, you know, not treating customers the right way like they were dead at midnight uh, t- type of thing. Um, things I should have said to my mom before she died. Yeah. You know, if, if, I, if I kept focusing on that, you know, I, I'd want to have a, a noose as well around me. You know what I'm saying? So you have to focus on that. That's what I would tell that person and then get them an opportunity but say you have to work for it. What's most important to you in your life? You know, what is it you want? What is your what, why, where, and how? And keep it in front of you. If it's kids, if it's yourself, if it's just getting to a point where you can get above sea level, if it's just going out and getting your driver's license, whatever it may be, you know, you have to be able to do that and focus on that. And when it's quiet and no one's talking and the phone isn't ringing, you're not around anybody, and then the wheels start to turn and you start to second guess, stop it. 
Yep. Stop second guessing on it. And that's when things are cloudy up here, know who to call right here. And that's what I would t- say to that person that's going through that. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Great advice. So listen, we gotta, um, wow, I just, that fixed my lighting. Um, we gotta, we gotta wrap it up here, man. I, I genuinely appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy traveling a lot. Um, taking the time to be on the show. You're an awesome guy. How, how can everybody follow you that, that, uh, doesn't know you already? Well, uh, I'm the type of person, I get my phone number out there. I got nothing to hide. I'm a national sales recruiter and trainer for Automax. So we do automotive sales, uh, recruiting and training for existing or new hires in your store. Uh, my phone number is 267-784-9752. I return my phone calls and I have a personalized greeting on my voicemail and it's never full. Ever, ever, ever. Awesome. Uh, you know, I believe in being efficient. Uh, integrity, commitment, and efficiency. That's the definition of me. That's the only people that I put in front of my dealers. Uh, you know, with that. So feel free to reach me out there. You can private message me on Facebook. If you're not a telephone person, you can text me, uh, whatever, whatever it may be, uh, with it. So, uh, and, or you also know, can reach out to me about my book here. Here's my book here, uh, with its, uh, 10X Mindset Habits. Feel free to reach out to me if you're interested in that. That'll help you. It's my life story of my failures and trials and tribulations and successes of, of where I'm at today. But I'm here to serve him. And, Ken, thank you so much. I know you, you rearranged some things as well uh, that were last minute, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So thank you, my friend. I really appreciate that. Dude, my, my pleasure, my honor to have you on the show. I'm very grateful for you taking the time. So listen, everybody who's on Facebook, thank you for sharing this out. Um, thank you for all the hearts and the loves and the likes and the and and all of that. And Anthony, thank you again for being on the show. And uh, that's a wrap. Thank you guys. We'll see you guys later. Awesome. Thank you, Ken. Go on. All right. Thank you.